the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills 90210 fans, welcome back to 9021 No So, the Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT, and joining me as always on this journey is my partner Tim. Tim, how are you? I'm great, and JT, we've done it. We're here. We have reached the promised land, although I guess we do have to get through this episode successfully, but I think we will do that with our very special returning guest that we will bring in mm-hmm. shortly, but uh, this is a big deal for us. We've reached... Uh, the conclusion to season one. We're at the season finale now. We have recorded, as of the as of this episode, we'll have 22 episodes of this podcast to go along with 22 episodes in that first season. Uh, I'm pretty impressed with us, if I do say so myself. It's wild, Tim, and it feels like we just started. It's honestly been a quick mm-hmm. quick run for us, um, but it's exciting. You know, we always said if we made it through season one, we felt like we'd really have something cooking. And yeah. of course, uh, just to clarify, this is our final episode that's going to simulcast on the North South Connection Podcast Network. So if you're listening there, be sure to switch over and subscribe to our dedicated feed for this podcast at bh9021noso.podbean.com. This will be the only show on that feed. Uh, every three weeks uh, on Friday, it'll drop and you'll be able to listen to just this. So if you're interested, if you're listening on that feed already, thank you. And if you're interested in only the show to switch over there and that's all you'll get starting with season two, it'll be exclusive to that feed. So be sure to keep an eye out uh, and switch over there as uh, you want. And we thank you for listening, of course. And yeah, it's been a heck of a journey, Tim. And I think we've learned a lot too. Like a lot of these early episodes were really refreshes to me some i had maybe only seen like once or twice so it was uh exciting to kind of see the foundation built for some big stuff and yeah some of these were like completely forgotten in my recollection um and honestly let's face it pretty disposable like you could you could live without not seeing some of those one-off episodes but i think we found they were pretty entertaining in their own right i mean we didn't have many outright stinkers this season i mean let's face it we are marks for this show we're fans Mm -hmm. we're gonna skew kind of high but still i mean we we really uh didn't get much below like i don't know maybe some fives and fours in our in our episode grades so i think that's pretty impressive for this uh first season no, I agree. And I would have never thought we'd have this many high ones as we've had in season one, for sure. Because um, I know there's great episodes to come and I always try and you know adjust accordingly as we move forward to say like, OK, like I got to leave room because I know there's iconic stuff later. But that doesn't mean these can't be iconic, too. So we definitely ended up with more, you know, eight, eight and a half or higher episodes than I expected to have. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So. Uh, We do have a guest back, and he made a staunch comment to us uh, months ago, and he said, I'm going to do every finale. And, of course, with his gravitas and standing, uh, we couldn't say no. And, of course, he is my uh, longtime PIC and co-host of the Place to Be podcast going on year, what, 12 soon, I think? I'm bad at math. That's why I keep checking him around. 
but he is, of course, the uh, the man behind the scenes at the Place Me Nation wrestling feed. Helps co-run PlaceMeNation.com. He's all over the place. Your friend of mine, Mr. Scott Criscolo. Scott, how are you? Hello, guys. Uh, pleasure to be with you to close up the inaugural voyage of our of our beloved show. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys have been awesome. Great episodes. And uh, you've given me clarity about season one. Like, I just watched the show a couple of years ago again. And I've watched intermittently here and there to go along with you guys. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to tonight because uh, I, I always try to wonder if this finale uh, is a lot like the show. Like, it's almost kayfabe. And then there's, like, shoot. Like, I almost feel like this is a, a worked shoot plot mm. for the show. <laughs> So, uh, so I'm looking forward to talk about it tonight. Cause I feel like it goes, it's a very hand in hand thing with the people at Fox in the show and then the characters within the episode. So I'm looking forward to it. It's fascinating. All right. Well, we'll dive in. And of course you are a returning guest. You were with us earlier in the season, so we don't have to dive into your relationship with the show. That means we can just get right into it. Season yep. one, episode 22 home again, aired May 9th. Nine, May 9th, May 9th, <laughs> 1991, 15 uh, rating. So pretty solid there. It's actually their strongest rating. Uh, look at dating back. I think their strongest of the whole season by quite yeah. a lot, actually. Before that, so it looks like their highest was 12.9 for spring dance. So they actually carried over uh, pretty well from that last episode and picked up for the finale. And the crazy thing here is. No, there is not much of a lag before season two. We'll talk about this in our next episode. Right. They, you look at the start thing. Early, yeah. early July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it, it just goes to show what a smart move it was to bring that show back early for that, that little summer run right into uh, the second season. Because you could tell in the ratings that they're really gaining momentum here mm-hmm. um, in these last couple of episodes. But a long layoff like you'd get for a traditional series especially back then where you're out for the whole summer not back until september you could really squander a lot of that momentum that you built and just lose it and have to have to try to rebuild um starting from that second season where they they did make some course corrections but mm-hmm. um you know if you can if you can start hot then then even better but uh we'll get more into that as we chronicle our second season which i can't believe i'm saying <laughs> I know, in the next episode. Uh, all right, speaking of starting hot, we start hot in this episode. Uh, we open with a ruckus on campus. Steve is getting punched in the face. Uh, he's getting worked over by a guy in a cutoff shirt who I thought looked like Rob Cordray in Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, <laughs> like that same same style of hair. And like cut off and all that. Uh, ironically, he gets to do a fist fight in that movie. Uh, Brandon makes a save, of course. The guy calls Steve a wuss, and Dylan pulls him away as Brandon backs up Steve. Steve says the kid said something stupid about his mother being washed up. Brandon says the guy was built like a wide load truck, even if, you know, so it is. Even if he was a little small, he's still still built like a beast. Steve says he's glad Brandon moved to town, uh, but he looks a little bit pensive, does uh, Steve. You know, he's, he's just a little off, but he's, he's happy Brandon's there to save him from situations like this. So, Tim, what do you think of this hot start? It sure is a hot start. I'm playing it back right now, actually. And uh, Steve is getting his ass whooped by this this smaller, uh, this much smaller student who built like a Mack truck, eh, wide load truck, whatever he says. Um, I don't know. Citation needed there. This looked like a pretty, pretty small dude. <laughs> um, Rob Quarter, not, notwithstanding. Um, 
but uh yeah this is this is pretty um pretty cool way to hook us right from the start here in this episode you're wondering like is this going to be uh our central conflict is this going to go anywhere and no it's it's just a way to really introduce the characters and set up what you know steve's going to kind of be dealing with throughout this one but Mm -hmm. um this is going to be from here on out pretty much all all walsh's so we're back to the the family dynamics here with this finale Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you know, Steve, this is actually a pretty good Steve episode. Um, uh, I think it's a good episode for most of the characters, but this is, that that scene is is pretty funny because, um, like, this guy is, like, half Steve's size, and he's kicking the shit out of him. I mean, it's like, it's like such a Steve moment, like, here I am, this mm-hmm. tough dude with, with this expensive shirt, and makes fun of my mom, and the guy's fucking beating the crap out of him. I mean, it's not even funny. And, uh, but, uh. You know, it's 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 a uh, it's an interesting uh, um, snapshot into Steve because you know we, we he's been very transparent through most of this first season or at least at the surface, but then you start seeing the little things and this episode as a whole as we'll get into kind of opens up him to what we see more of in the next two seasons. So uh, I enjoyed it, and you think to yourself, wow fight at West Bev, who would have thunk, you know, it's like this, this, you know, two fairly rich kids beating the crap out of each other. Didn't seem except the kid's got a cutoff shirt on. Is he like one of the lower end rich kids? Like, I don't know. It's he didn't, he didn't, he didn't seem to fit. It was like, it was like, uh, he just like hmm. rolled onto the campus and jumped Steve and then left. Cause he didn't yeah, look like, maybe he didn't from a rival like, school. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sharks and uh, jets kind of thing, but it was interesting. All right. So, uh, a colleague named Dan comes into Jim's office and he says, Henry Powell's in town. And there are cuts happening Ooh. across the country. And heads may roll. Hey, Jim says he's been around 12 years and Henry's always been good to him. Dan just says, hopefully, Henry, don't invite you to lunch. And, of course, as soon as he says that, Jim's secretary calls and says, Henry Powell wants to have lunch with you tomorrow. We go to the Walsh house. Brandon and Brenda are watching Cindy and Anna, who's still around, uh, plant yeah. basil. And they're kind of joking. Cindy says they drove up north to a special nursery that focuses in herbs. Brandon says he's going to drive Anna home. Uh, Jim brings Cindy upstairs as he gets home and says he's in deep trouble at work. Henry Powell asked him to lunch, and it's never a good thing. Brandon overhears this and tells Brenda they pontificate a bit. And Brandon says, you know what? We haven't appreciated how good we have things here. Jim and Powell the next day settle in for lunch. It's just the two of them. And we get the dramatic music, of course. Very dramatic. Uh, And then we cut away as Powell starts to talk. We go to the Walsh house. Steve and Brandon come in. Steve has a patch on his eye from the fight. And we get a really good back and forth, as we've had all season, really, with him and Kelly. Kelly says, oh, look, it's Captain Hook. And Steve says, isn't that what we used to call you before your nose job? Uh, <laughs> Kelly even laughs. Oh, she knows that's such a good burn. She even kind of laughs. That was um, amazing. Brandon asks if we've heard anything from Jim, uh, and we find out he, we haven't. And Steve and Kelly talk about how the Walshes feed them such great meals that they don't get this at home. How you know we're getting the the heavy lay on of like how happy all these people are that the Walshes came in their lives and how much it means to them to be here. Uh, so Scott, up until this point, before Jim walks in, you know what, what are your thoughts on these few scenes here? Uh, did you think Jim was getting the axe? We had the dramatic music, or did you think we get the swerve and? Uh, what do you think of all the kids kind of laying in and here on the Walsh's? Uh, I like the, <clears throat> I like the dynamic that, that the kid that, you know, that they like the Walsh's like, you, you know, when the season starts, you're thinking, Oh, these Beverly Hills 
fucking kids are not going to appreciate these down home, you know, Minnesota bumpkins. But in the end, Jim and Cindy are like the the haven that the rest of these mm-hmm. kids in their shallow lives don't have. So I, I always enjoyed that dynamic. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it could have happened. I mean, they could have had a, a swerve where Jim got the boot and then they spend the episode trying to figure out how they're going to live in Beverly Hills or have to move or whatever. And then somehow he gets his job back. So honestly, you don't know what uh, what's going on here. I mean, I thought the drama of the very 90s, uh, you know, executive lunchroom scene. This, is that even a thing anymore? Tim hangs out in his executive lunchroom at his office. I know, right? Yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> um, so I thought that was pretty, that was very 90s in my opinion. Uh, but um, no, I, I enjoyed it. I, again, I like I like the fact that 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 these that all these Beverly Hills kids like uh, envelop Jim and Cindy's house as like a haven for them because they don't have that mm-hmm. in any of their homes. So I know it's very cool. I love the camaraderie and the Captain Hook line. That's like that's like an a, a Hall of Fame Steve Sanders line. All, all time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. And I, I like seeing Jim actually in the office, which I don't think we've really seen much, if any, of this first season. We always hear about um, how he's he's really uh, uh, having to hit the hit the grindstone at work, but we haven't really seen what his working life um, entails until this episode, where we um, really get quite a lot of it. And uh, yeah, this. Uh, this panic over having to meet with with the big shot executive who I gather is like his boss's boss, maybe not even like his direct boss. So he, he's he's freaking out. Um, I definitely popped uh, seeing Anna again, thinking mm-hmm. maybe she was like a forgotten character from way, way early in the season. But yep. nope, she's still around. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And uh, Steve's burn on Kelly is is. Um, brutal but also kind of amazing uh she she does take it in stride to her credit um his eye patch made me wonder if <laughs> like did ian zeering have like some kind of surgery or something and they couldn't <laughs> they couldn't film around it so they like made up this excuse to put him in an i don't know um i may be re- reaching for that one but uh it kind of made me want to do some do some research into this episode and the filming but um yeah, it was, it was to echo Scott's point. It was cool to see some of the extended um, cast just hanging out in the Walsh home. Certainly, we've seen a lot of a lot of that with Kelly over the season. I don't know that we've seen a lot of Steve just hanging out in the right. Walsh household. Um, he's been around. I, I I know he's met the parents, but um, we haven't really just seen him just chilling like Kelly um, in the kitchen in this scene. But um yeah they're they're definitely driving that point home and uh and uh playing on your emotions for what for what's about to come here. Well, Jim saunters in, he's looking haggard. He asks Kelly and Steve to hit the road just as they get settling in to eat and gushing about how they you no know, get home cooked meals at home and Jim comes in and he's like, You guys gonna go? He wants to talk to his family. Uh I thought Jim was a little overdramatic here. I thought uh, he really dragged it out. He says the news is hard to break. You know, he's looking sad. Like, it was a little, a little much. And it's not like he plays it like he was setting them up to tease him. It's like he doesn't realize what he's doing. I guess he's a little shell-shocked, which is fine. So maybe that just threw him off. But um, so he plays out the drama. Brandon and Brenda cut him off. Like, look, we're going to pitch in. We'll get uh, Brandon. I'll get a second job. We'll start saving. 
And Jim says, no, 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 you don't. I didn't lose my job. I got promoted to executive vice president. And they're all cheers. Everyone's happy. They can't believe it. But Jim stops him and says, there's one wrinkle. The job is in Minneapolis, not Beverly Hills. So we might have to head back home. The family's not happy. And Jim's, he's like ready to, like, he's not even thinking about giving them, he's just assuming they'll all be on board because, mm. I mean, for big chunks of the season, right? What have we heard? That they want to move home. They don't like it here. They miss their friends and family. They got uprooted. So I think he's just assuming, like, okay, everyone will be happy to, to head back. Yeah. Uh, so he's kind of banking on it. And Jim says, chances like this don't happen every day. And of course, Brandon, the ever pragmatic one, says, uh, hey, it's business. It's move on, move up or move out. That's it. Sorry, we're going to go. Uh, and Jim says they got to know immediately. They have to tell Henry Powell. And he says they'll make the decision democratically via blind ballot. So we do that. The votes are in. And he is not happy because the votes come in three to one to stay in Beverly Hills. And Jim is rattled. He even like, looks at Cindy and is like, you, even you voted this way? Uh, and he says, all right, well, everyone's spoken. I'm going to call Henry and tell him I'm out. Cindy goes to talk to him, and Jim says he's shocked. He's just shocked it went this way. He thought Cindy would vote with him. Brandon would then cross the lines, and they would go three to one because he wouldn't turn on his dad, and they'd move back to Minneapolis. Jim calls Powell, and to his credit, you know, he gives his – he said he was going to go by family vote. He goes by family vote. He doesn't push back, calls Powell, and turns it down. But Powell counters and offers to double his salary on the spot if he takes the job. Jim says the blind ballot has been eliminated due to the windfall and they're moving home. So that's it. He's making the call now because his money is too good to turn down. And I guess it's a lesson for all you kids out there. Maybe never <laughs> accept the first offer because I mean, right. like what if he had took in this, taken this offer and it could have all the time, like double the salary and not even do it. Yeah, so that's on the table. Yeah. Paul yeah. was clearly short arming them. Uh, so Tim, what do you think up to this point now to the blind ballot? And also, how much do you think Jim was making here in 1991? Ooh, 1991 in Beverly Hills. In Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Well, doubling his salary. Yeah. First of all, I'll just say uh, the other lesson to be taken away is that um, money talks and democracy walks also when, <laughs> when, when it's really on the line here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely like this, uh, this, this whole blind ballot process that that jim proposes he uh because you sort of figure okay this is going to be like a 50 50 split right and they're gonna that's gonna end up resolving nothing and that's you know we're gonna have to go through the pros and cons blah blah blah. but no it's really a total uh washout landslide really in favor of staying which jim never expected (laughs) and he starts talking like strategy with cindy he's like i was i was sure (laughs) i had brandon's vote and then you would back me up and you know (laughs) like he figured um, yeah, they're on the way back to, to Minnesota. Well, what this tells me, too, is that he really – I don't think deep down he wanted the job because mm. – or, like, he was at least on the fence. About that, he, that he could let it – get, that he could really let it come down to – Right, if well, they wanted to say he didn't care guys. enough. Right, he yeah. didn't care enough. But once they – I mean, once they throw the money at him, it's mm-hmm. iron. You're done. Like, that's it. There's no, I'm making the call. I mean, I, I'm the breadwinner. This is, I can't turn this up. Sorry, guys. So the question of what's he making, let's say annually, right? Um, strict salary and 
Beverly in Beverly Hills to afford a Beverly Hills lifestyle in 1991 uh, for a family of four. I mean, Brandon's family working, of four he just wants his own car. Yeah. Yeah. Where they, they don't seem to be struggling with money. They, they, they seem to be struggling with extravagances, but not just mm-hmm. making ends meet. God. Um, we think the payments are on that house. There's a line about how, um, well, the, I think the company's paying for it. Yeah, they said the the company is, which I didn't realize until this episode. They mm-hmm. said the company is like leasing the house, which right. That's that really burrs a wrinkle in it. I'm I'm thinking like he's got to be, he's got to be in like the 200k range, right? I mean, 200k then is probably what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now. Like then. Do you figure that the lease? The lease is is kind of amps back the salary. Like, well, you know, since we don't have to right. pay, since you don't have to afford yeah, this possible. house, maybe like one fifty. Yeah, I mean, back then, I would, yeah, family four, but yeah, I would say he's making between one fifty and two hundred. He's probably getting bonuses too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then doubling it puts him at close to half a million, which you can't turn down. Which, you, which yeah, you will. <laughs> and half a million, nineteen ninety one, half a million right. in Minnesota. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Goes a lot li- exactly. exactly. Right, yeah. yeah. They're they're set for life if they make. It's gonna this, look like Kelly's house play. in Minnesota <laughs> that right. at four hundred thousand yeah. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. God, it no. makes the end of this seem even stupider, honestly. Um, Scotty, other thoughts on this stuff here before we move along? Jim, uh, I I would I was pointing out a lot of as we're talking about the decade. Jim's suit with the like the mm-hmm. the the the, oh, the, dude. the stripes that is so 1991 that fucking mm-hmm. suit. I mean like the the pinched collar and the 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 you know the the shirt with the very thick stripes so 1991. Yeah. I I applaud Jim for doing that whole 60s we're all a family kind of thing. I'd be like fuck you we're going to Minnesota and I don't give a shit <laughs> who your friends are. You know it's like to give your kids a vote. Are you on drugs? Well especially because they've only been here not even a year. It's like yeah. Yeah. It's not like they've settled that hard, you know, where it's been like three years and you're moving them again. And also, like they they kind of say, I think at one point in here, like they go to college anyway. In like two, I mean, I know we've reset the timeline, but at this point they're juniors, and mm. like it's really just one more year. Like, look, we're moving home. I'm not passing up, you know, two hundred thousand dollars for you to like be here for a year. Like you can move back to Minneapolis for a year. And then come right back for college if you want. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you'll be 18. You can go to school in California, whatever you want to do. So, like, I, I you know, I, I think that's had to be part of the thinking here, too. Hmm. I'm also wondering, like, what kind of company has hubs in Minneapolis and Beverly Hills? Right. Like, yeah. It's such an odd setup where, like, is the Minneapolis office that big? Like, you think if yeah, this is a big-time like, player, you'd uh-huh. want them in, in California. Unless that, like, services the whole Midwest or something, but... Who knows? Um, yeah, I definitely wondered about that too. Where like Minneapolis is apparently the the bigger arm of the company than right Los Angeles. Um, but unless that's just like their home, where maybe that's where they started or whatever. That's maybe expanded. where they started. Yeah, it's where their yeah. C suite is, where all all the executives are or something. Right. Which Jim is about to become. Um, yeah, because they do say Henry Powell's in town, so that means mm-hmm. he does. He's not home to Beverly Hills, so. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, given that Jim thinks he's given 
good news and more good news. Uh, yeah, this whole situation kind of slaps of you guys are being a little bit extra. <laughs> like we haven't been there that long. You've only got a year of school left. You can literally once once I you know um, once I'm making the big bucks, you can literally write your ticket right. to any school. Yeah, go wherever in you the want. Country, you can you come live right back. wherever. So just kind of suck it up. And plus, it's not like they're moving from one like weird place where they're unsettled to another even more right, exo- right. They exotic. Have to start over or something. They're just moving back to the place that they're already familiar with. Is Nine the way months they, ago. <laughs> yeah, the way yeah, they moved. It's not even a year. Sound. Yeah. Because so, they moved I mean, I it was like the that, day before the first day of school, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I get that it's always a pain in the ass to move, especially halfway across the country, but, eh, you know, for half a million <laughs> um and again minnesota uh dollars in 1991 dollars um i think i'll make my peace with it yeah yeah well brandon and brenda are eating ice cream they talk about everything they have going on in beverly hills that's great and they're kind of shook by this brandon tries to defend the decision and brenda's worried about the optics which is like the the stupidest thing to worry about <laughs> it says it's gonna look like we're bailing like we couldn't handle it here uh, no, how about you to say my dad got offered an extra $200,000 on his job. Yeah, so. see ya. <laughs> uh, Cindy says things will change. The company lease ends June 1st, and that's it. Brandon says Cindy never adjusted, but Brenda thinks she really likes it here. Brenda, uh, Brenda and Brandon make pros and cons list of Minnesota and California. We then cut to school where Brenda and Brandon break the news to the crew. Andre says, hey, maybe we'll meet up in college. And Brenda was kind of a jerk. He's like, uh, you know, you'll be in the Ivy League out east anyway. So what, what do you fucking say? <laughs> like, you get no part of this. Uh, Kelly offers Brenda the opportunity to stay with her for the summer. And Steve says the same to Brandon. Like, they both say, hey, why not? Just stick here. And Brandon immediately turns him down. He's like, no, I'm obligated. I can stay with the family. And Steve's kind of heartbroken and heads off. Um, I thought this was kind of shitty of Brandon, like, it's a really nice offer. It's probably not going to happen anyway. Why not humor the kid and be like, oh, you know, that's mm-hmm. a cool idea. Let me let me talk to dad. You know what I mean? Like, even if you fake it and say he won't let you, like, at least throw the guy a fucking bone. It felt a little like a, an extra harsh, uh, yeah. you know, bucket of water that he didn't need. I mean, it gives you some more time in a pretty cool place where you can now actually make take in the experience more because, you know, it's it's going to be more fleeting. Um, so you don't maybe take it for granted as much. I don't know. I'd, I'd be taking Steve and especially Kelly up. I mean, Brenda's all about it. So of course she's got a relationship as well to think about, but yeah, Brandon just kind of shutting it down. Um, sight unseen is, is very, I don't know. It, it just seemed like you said, shitty as a friend. Yeah. 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 I didn't, the Brandon, the Brenda Dillon thing is definitely a big concern. God, Scott. Yeah, no, I was about, before we get to that, I just want to mention Brandon, too. I Like, I understand being a pragmatist, but, I mean, again, I think this is a very big episode for Steve as the show will continue because, you know, he's not really the focus of many of the episodes in this first season. But now you're starting to see that Steve actually has feelings, but he doesn't like showing them. And he's showing them here like, like you know, Brenda... Because it is pretty quick. Kelly's like, you could stay with me. And Brenda's like, that's awesome. And Steve's like, yeah, Brandon, you can stay with me. And you're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes. This seemed unnecessary. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. You know, it's like, um, so that, that I, I, I could see that. That was actually very, uh, like Brandon was too, it's almost like Brenda, who rarely looks like the good guy in a lot of these cases, but. Brenda, like, legitimately cares about these people, 
you know, cares about Donna and Kelly and, and her new friends. And she like, Brandon's like, all right, well, this didn't work. I'm out of here. See you fuckers. It's like, it's like, I think he cares. I just think he's, he's always the, the pragmatist, right? So he's no, he knows like, I got to support dad. He's doing this for the family. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be out there to help get settled back. Brenda's always been more of the, um, the, you know, the kind of the dreamer. Yeah. The abstract yeah. Guy. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, she's more rom- romanticized with this stuff, but also like to Tim's point, she also has a very serious boyfriend that she just slept with for the first time and feels very right. strongly about. So right. it, it's definitely a little more intense for her to give that up. You know, if this was before that happened, it might've been a different situation. So, right. Exactly. I agree with that. Um, all right. Brandon talks to Nat. He says, Nat says, I just got used to having you around. And he's kind of sad. It's, it's tough going as they break the news to everyone. In comes Andrea. She reminisces about their times together and says she has a proposal. <laughs> Tomorrow night, they'll have a goodbye dinner, just the two of them. And Brandon's down. He says, cool. That sounds great. I'll see you here. We'll meet up. Brenda runs, uh, talks to Brandon after that. And she is aghast that Andrea asked him on a date. And Brandon says, it's not a date. It's a business thing. Uh, so he's high, uh, you know, Head in the clouds on this one here. Jim heads to Minnesota to start work. He thinks his family shouldn't split up, so Brenda cannot stay with Kelly. Uh, again, I thought this was a harsh decision. Like, I don't know why we're making all these snap decisions on this major move. Like, why not just say, I'll think about it? Um, like, why Why can't the family? Like, why is it so important for her to be back there? If, if, you know, why, like, they know Kelly, they trust Kelly. She can't stay for a couple months. Seems a little harsh. Yeah, I thought same. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, me too. Uh, Brandon, um, especially if it helps, Jim. if it helps smooth things over, helps seal the deal, just be like, um, you know what, if, if it gets you back on board with this Minnesota thing, yeah, you can stay. Exactly. Exactly. If we can make it, why, why is it, it's not like that. I don't know. It's like you're going to war or something. Oh, it's important world together mm-hmm. at this time. <laughs> it's like a very weird yeah. principle takes a stance to take over something that's just not that important. Right. right. I agree. Uh, so Brandon tries to convince them actually to let it happen. And Jim says, well, no. But how about if you guys get my car? Because I'm going to get a brand new one with a job. Uh, so he's got a new car, uh, I guess a new house in Minneapolis, I'm assuming. I don't, <laughs> I'm guessing that I can right. get the old one back. Uh, and he also gets a limo to the airport. So he's flying high. He's at a big executive now. Uh, Brandon catches up with Steve. Steve has given Brandon the full cold shoulder. He walks away. Uh, Dylan's with Brenda and says, I'm wiped out. Left me wiped out thinking about this. Yeah, There's so much we haven't work. done together. We haven't surfed. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he's laying it on. Kelly says, uh, tells Brenda she can't stay there. Says her mom is adjusting to the sober life. And her sponsor said too many changes could be a problem. Uh, and Brenda first kind of gives some attitude. I think she's just pissed. And then she's okay with it. It's like she kind of gets it. But things are tense because Dylan is just feeling better. Uh, he thought Brenda was staying with Kelly. And now he's, you know, realizes he's not going to have her again. We go back to the Walsh house. Cindy and Brenda are making a massive fruit salad that looked delicious. Uh, they talk about missing Dylan and, and you know, how well things are going and it's going to be hard for her. And Brenda says, I can't ask a guy like Dylan to wait on me. And Brandon says, you know what? Maybe we overstayed our welcome. Steve is dissing me now, too. Uh, but Brandon says he's going to, you know, give up a friend now, too. He's going to head to his business date with Andrea. Uh, and his business date is them walking the pier. And Brandon says he wishes he could stay, but Jim needs this opportunity. It's big for him. And Andrea says she has a surprise, but first they got to get in the saddle. So we cut to them on a big carousel and Brandon's kind of like, all right, what's going on? And Andrea is nervous. And she says, my big surprise 
is the going away present. And Brandon's completely aloof to all of this, but she says, it's me. I'm the present. I'm giving myself to you. Andre says they may never see each other again, and she wants their goodbyes to be memorable. Brandon is completely just shaken up by this and is like in shock. Uh, I thought the scene was great. I had it as my best scene until one later. And I, I think honestly, this could be Andrea's best scene of the, of the season. Um, I guess you could argue maybe the sleepover would be first. So mm-hmm. at worst, this is like a top two for me for Andrea. I thought she was great here. Uh, I thought she nailed it. She came off as like open and honest and believable you could tell her were nerves there, like she's still unsure, but feels like this may be her one and only shot to do this. So I don't know, Scott. I, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was some of her best acting. Uh, I agree. Uh, you know, this there's a lot of vulnerability in this episode, and uh, she, we know. I mean, obviously there were hints the whole season that he had a thing. She had a thing for him. So uh, just laying it out there like, listen, I'm never going to see you again. So I'm just going to tell you, I, I got the hots for you. And I just want to give you me just once. And and I'm even, I, I remember watching it live going, what the fuck did she just do? She pretty much just hoard herself to him. I'm like, wow. I mean, but what funny is anybody else, that's exactly what you would think. But with Andrea, it's more like, like she feels a legit emotional connection to him. Mm-hmm. And it's no joke that that's why I think, you know, if this was say Brenda and Dylan and they hadn't had sex yet, you're thinking, all right, well, they just want to, you know, do it. But with Andrea, it's so real for her. You know, uh, I thought it was awesome. I agree with you hundred percent. It might be her, uh, every character in this season, in this episode is telling you, wow, we're going to go down a pretty good path with them when we get to season two. And Andrea here is like, listen, I, I'm I'm here. I, I, you know, I, you know, you you kind of like me. I mean, that's the only embarrassing thing. Like, yeah, I don't really think you that way. You're, you're not really, you know. Eh. But, but yeah, Brandon, but I didn't take it that way. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't take either. it as like. No, yeah. I didn't either. Yeah, I, it uh, didn't feel like it was a. I'm not into you. It's almost like I just never envisioned this being yeah, something that happened. This is. This is not the Andrea that Brandon knows, right? And um, I think it's a credit to this episode that um, it shows just that continuation in Andrea's uh, character development. Yep. Um, I mean, this carries right on over from Spring Dance, where she she kind of talked herself into becoming more assertive to, to be the person who does step up and doesn't wait to be asked. And... You know, there's even a line in that in that episode about how oh, there's nothing wrong with, you know, a girl asking a guy out. And, and she kind of gets over that and gets over her own um, shyness and, and lack of confidence at the same time. And um, it's one thing to have to have Andrea, you know, reach that point where she's willing to ask Brandon out as a friend, just, you know, to have two friends having dinner together, whatever, fine. But then like straight up shooting her shot which i mean there's no way to do that that isn't completely awkward right but mm-hmm. but to her right. credit she really does pull it off and i agree what is a, an incredibly well acted scene um in a standout scene for this character uh i mean yeah i would agree probably best andrea scene of the season gotta be a top 10 top five all time for the i know that's pretty sure to mm-hmm. say um, without having gone through her, her history on the show, but 
it's it's just hard to think of anything else that that hits this hard uh, with her, and uh, and it's so effective at the same time. I mean, it's it's kind of been a long time coming, but we we all were assuming like it would be Brandon, right, who who warms up to Andre and and wants to wants to become more than friends, not not the other way around. So I, I like that spin that they put on it. Yeah, and you get the feeling like in her mind she was playing the long game, right, to try and make this happen and then she just realized like okay i'm not gonna get the chance so this mm-hmm. is it like and this is it yeah it's not just a rando right i mean she feels enough of a connection to him that this is something like she she's been wanting to do right so it didn't feel like a mm-hmm. you know just doing it to do it type thing like she she wanted to do this so and we know she's wanted to ever since that slumber party episode where she straight up told brenda um right, right. But you knows how much Brenda really, you know, how much of that got back to Brandon. I mean, Brenda's probably not going to totally spill spill the beans here. But uh, yeah, I mean, just good continuity, and it's a and it's an example of really good continuity throughout this episode. I mean, there's little details sprinkled in. I mentioned that that reappearance from Anna. Um, we got the update on you know Jackie and her sobriety, even though we don't see her this episode. It's it's nice to get that little at least brief check in with her character. Um, I want to say, uh, I don't know if it's happened at this point, but like Cheryl, the, the girl that Brandon lost his virginity to um, the girlfriend from Minnesota, she gets name dropped at one point. Mm-hmm. So um, you're seeing like, Oh, this is the show now kind of turning into the show. We remember with, you know, tight continuity and, and characters and, and subplots that, continue from episode to episode it's sort of quietly happening here at our finale i think all right so brandon and brenda walk in the beach brandon tells her that he told andrea that he'd think about it and says he never really thought about it realistically that he would sleep with her uh he thinks she's very pretty and brenda says they'd make a good couple they talk about all the options if things go well we then see dylan surfing and brenda reveals that they're sleeping together and Brandon's shocked, but I thought he knew. Like, didn't in the last episode, like, didn't he get smartened up at the end there? Like, they kind of said it when they were all dancing. I guess he didn't really pick up on it. It seemed like they told everyone. I think Kelly got it, but he was still sort of, um, right. you know, clueless about what really happened. Well, he's pissed that Brenda kept him in the dark. And then, of course, there's the old Brandon Wall, you know, warning. You better be being careful. Uh, mm-hmm. turns that on as he needs Jim's back in Minnesota. His coworker, Steve comes in. He says the move to California is a brilliant career move, buddy. You know, you rose up your stock and now here you are. Jim's secretary says, ignore your original calendar because it's all changed. And just runs down an insane itinerary for the full day. And Jim is he's a little bit rattled. You could, you could see maybe he's feeling like he's over his head a bit with this new, uh, new role. Cause his day is now just insane. Uh, Dylan greets Brenda and Brandon at the beach. He asks to talk to Brenda alone. Brenda is stressing over this long-distance relationship. Dylan reassures her and says he loves her. They'll survive the challenge. Brenda says she was going to try out for Romeo and Juliet this year over the summer, and now she gets to live it. And Dylan says, hey, we could run away. And Brenda's kind of intrigued by that, actually. You know, she's wondering if he's serious. Uh, And then they start making out. (laughs) We see Brandon in the background throwing rocks in the ocean, uh, which is quite (laughs) quite the cut. Uh, Brandon approaches Andre at school. Andre says she was being impulsive and Brandon says, okay. And he walks off. So you kind of think, all right, well, here we go again. The miscommunication. 
Uh, they both assume the other was thinking no. But then Brandon's the one who storms back and says, you know what? I like that you're impulsive. And I accept that gift with pleasure. And he kisses her. And they flirt a bit awkwardly and decide tonight will be the night. And they kiss again. And then I thought, which I couldn't decide if this is a nice touch or a little heavy-handed. We zoom out and spray painted on the wall behind the two of them is the words go for it. <laughs> spray painted. Uh, so it was it was funny. It was charming, I guess. But it was also a bit bit heavy, Scott. Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it's yeah, I mean. I got more comments on uh, on Brenda and Dylan when we get to the end, but uh, uh, they're they're they have the most interesting chemistry because you feel like they're they're kind of two um, different people. But again, mm-hmm. it's an example of Brenda. Like we're talking about Brenda and Brandon, how Brandon's like, yeah, I'm here, but I don't need to be here anymore. My dad needs me, and Brenda. Dylan is almost the example of the life that she wants here. She doesn't want to be cooped up in freezing Minnesota anymore. And Dylan's almost a, a symbol for that, that she wants to stay here. And, but I, I, there's a very, the, uh, there's something at the end of the episode I'll get into more about, about Dylan and Brenda that almost kind of, I don't want to say bugs me, but I, I think it was almost unnecessary, but I'll get to that when we get to the end of the episode. But, it's a great example of the this storyline of will they or won't they leave? And Dylan is like a, a symbol of the the city and the and and the lifestyle and the life that they now have that Brenda doesn't want to give up. So I, I see that. I saw that a lot. And and it it everybody else is reacting differently, but uh, you could tell that this is more than just a fling for both of them, particularly for Dylan. I think it's you know it's Dylan, but. Mm. He's he's really locked in mm-hmm. on wanting to be with her. Yeah, yeah. So and they, yeah, I think they do a good job of getting that over. Um, I, I like the scene with Dylan and Brenda on the beach. Brandon kind of playing third wheel. Um, I will say I I didn't put this down for uh, for uh, '90s fashion, but uh, Dylan in his uh, wetsuit, his full wetsuit, coming out of the <laughs> ocean. Yes. Um, it's uh. It's kind of remarkable what a teen heartthrob this guy became when you realize, like, what a twig he really, like, Luke mm-hmm. Perry really is. Um, I mean, he's an attractive guy, but he really, like, he's, you know, he's tiny. Um, and it just, it was a reminder of that, seeing it. Like, I don't know that that, that was the most flattering shot for him, but what are you going to do? He's a surfer character. Um this is also where I noticed the episode is uh, taking great strides to uh, shit all over Minnesota by the characters. They're, they're constantly making little, they have these little one-liners like, oh, what good are memories going to do us when we're sitting in Minnesota freezing under eight feet of snow? <laughs> and then right. when they actually show uh, Jim getting settled back in and the office is there, there's like this establishing shot of like a courtyard where everything is covered in snow. All the trees <laughs> yes. are dead. And I'm like, isn't this like fucking May? Like, I think they would have bounced back a little bit, even if they had sort of a harsh winter. Um, it can't be that bad. They just make it look so miserable. Yeah. Um, at, the, at the latest, it's April. Right. So, I mean, I guess right. it's possible to have snow in April, but I'm right. thinking it's, it's a bit May. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's just it kind of kills me. Yeah. And there's lots of little snide 
side comments like that about how shitty it is going to be being back in Minnesota. That's like, yeah, they sound like they're pretty over it. Um, I don't know that some of those really amused me. All right. Well, Jim and Cindy are catching up on the phone. Jim says things are crazy. He's doing the work of three senior people, but he assures Cindy he'll be okay. Cindy says he may not have time to see them. And I think that starts to become the crux of this, uh, is this busy schedule. He says the kids are not handling, she says the kids aren't handling things well at all. Andre arrives at the Peach Pit. She says tonight's her aunt's birthday. She forgot, so she can't do the uh, date with Brandon. She checks her scheduler for tomorrow, but she has an editorial conference. Brandon asked her about Sunday. She says she's free, and her house is taken, though, because her dad's poker game which I didn't know she had a dad. This seems kludgy. I thought she lived with a grandmother, but I know her mom's in the yeah, picture. Well, I think um, she's definitely using her grandmother's address for right. That's what uh, for enrollment was. purposes. But I guess, I mean, we haven't really seen her home life. But, I, yeah, I was likewise kind of taken aback by by the line that she had. Yeah, I didn't dad. think she was had in the picture. Yeah. I thought it was like a single parent situation. Uh, Brandon says the right, right, and he's a big <laughs> poker player apparently, so maybe he ends up uh, dead from a gambling issue. Right, yeah, he gets killed. Brandon says he has an idea. He pulls out a key and says, "Hey, we'll just do it right here at the Peach Pit when it's closed." And I fully anticipated Andre to give him like the, "No, it's my first time. We're not doing it at a fucking diner." Uh, but Andre loves the idea, and she says it's like the postman always rings twice when they get it on on the counter. Uh, so Andre is this is like the second time where she's romanticizing about like some movie and Brad even says like, why wow, you watch a lot of movies. <laughs> um, so Steve comes in, he's being a dick to Brandon. Brandon's trying to bust his balls, but Steve's not having it. And he tells Brandon to get out of his face. He says he hates his he's starting to hate this dump, the beach bit. And he walks out. Nat's kind of like, what the fuck is his deal? Uh, Dylan and Brenda ha- uh, talk after they have sex and she's a mess and says they have to break up. She just wanted to be with him one more time. Dylan doesn't want it to go this way, but Brenda says she has to do this for the, you know, for their own good. She then talks to Kelly on the phone. She tries to help her deal with the breakup. Kelly turns down hanging at the house. She says she's out of commission during the day. Hey, but maybe they can hang at night. So Kelly's Brenda, Brenda started to think Kelly's getting like Steve and giving her the cold shoulder. Brandon talks to Brenda about Steve being a jerk. They talk about what happened when they left Minnesota. They said the same thing went down. All the friends acted weird. And maybe Steve is just mad uh, about Brandon leaving. So, uh, Tim, what did you think of this little stretch here? Yeah, I thought Brandon's continued obliviousness towards mm-hmm. Steve was was a little bit out of character for him. I, I think he would have put the pieces together right. on his own and also a little bit earlier. But I suppose he has had his hands full with trying to be the diplomat in the family and packing and potentially banging Andre's brains out. <laughs> now at the Peach Pit, um, due to some calendar management problems, I guess Jim's not the only one with with that issue. <laughs> um, I was likewise surprised that Andrea sort of took him up on that. It mm-hmm. definitely is not the most romantic setting for your first time, but uh, she's into it because it, it reminds her of old movies. Um, there is the, the wonderful line. They do it on the counter. So she's, <laughs> she's yeah. all on board for that. She's just smitten. Uh, like, like she, this really is the is, guy yeah. she's been having this crush on for, for a whole year almost and mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's willing to have sex with her so you can tell why she's just like probably just yeah. not normal she's just like on cloud nine unbelievable this and, is and things are yeah things are necessarily moving very fast too i mean they've already had like several makeouts which is 
sort of shocking for these two characters, at least it was for me as a viewer, to see how um, casually that sort of developed between them and how comfortable they are with it. And now, you know, they're they're getting hot and heavy. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're getting the sense throughout these scenes that the clock is really running out. Um, Dylan and Brenda get it in one more time. And, you know, Brenda's just a total emotional mess knowing that that their time is running out. So, yeah, I mean, you can sort of feel the, the tension just just ratcheting up uh, through this stretch of the episode. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, uh, the, the Brandon Andrea stuff was really very, how do I say it nicely? I don't want to say unnerving, but it's like, oh my God, are they, it feels weird, right? Yeah. Like, are they going to do it? Are we actually Mm going to watch them do it? Not like in a Cinemax way, but like, are they going to, are we going to have like shaded scenes and very saucy Fox things going on in the city? Like, are we going to have the glasses go off and it's going to be like, I'm like, what the fuck are we doing right now? Like, this is very, very, uh, all, you know, it's, it's getting very close. And, but like, again, this goes back to what we were saying earlier about Andrea. She, this is real for her. You know, this isn't like fucking around like any of these other characters would do Mm -hmm. in this, in the show. She, this is real for her. And, uh, you know, I, I applaud that. Like you're taking it more seriously than just, geez, Andrea, we were the one y'all looked up to. Now you're just a slut. Like, you know, no one's thinking that right now. You're like, right, right. She's really, this is real for her. We can't, we're taking this seriously. And you're with Brandon. You're almost thinking, is he, or is he just, you know, enjoying the freebie? Like, you know, like you're not quite sure with him, but with her, you definitely know it's real, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always taking it as him, not even just wanting sex. I, I take it more as like, because of the way Steve's acting and he feels like he's being abandoned, abandoning this, like, I think he was just happy to have someone showing him appreciation and not like being mm, mad at him yeah. for leaving. Like, I so almost leaning, think that leaning more into that, leaning more into that than the rejection that he's sensing from right, Steve. Right. He's like, you know what? Here's someone who appreciates me. I think he has feelings for her. Like, I, I mean, there's obviously attracted their attraction there, too, but. I think that was the bigger thing. It's like, he's like, you know what? Here's someone that actually wants me despite me leaving versus Steve being a dick. Yeah. Uh, Brandon brings Steve to the beach to talk and Steve is still pissed. He says, Brandon makes friends in his sleep. It's not easy for him to open up to people. Brandon brought him down to the beach to reveal that Steve to Steve that he gave up surfing when he first moved here because he was afraid and it felt like he didn't belong and says, Steve, will you take me surfing? And Steve's kind of honored by this they shake hands and they do a little special handshake and Steve says that he's going to miss Brandon. And obviously like we kind of inferred earlier, Steve was just feeling down. This is someone he's came to trust and, and, you know, put his faith in and, and now Brandon's abandoning him as, you know, parents split up. Like he's always getting abandoned, right? Like this has been the theme the last couple of shows with Steve. He's got a lot going on in that uh, blonde locked head of his. Yeah. Just really speaks to his abandonment issues for sure. Mm-hmm. Brendan City Pack and Brenda is still angry at Jim about everything, says uh, his job keeps ruining their lives. Jim calls and he's completely swamped and he says he's going to have to take a later flight back to L.A., that he misses everyone. Cindy said, too, she's realizing this job is going to be very overwhelming. Uh, we may never see Jim again, <laughs> at least until he retires, maybe. Uh, so is the money worth it if he's not around to enjoy it with them? 
Brandon dreams that the about his peach pit uh, meetup. It's a very sexed up Andrea. Uh, and then we realize he's, he fell asleep on the beach. He wakes up and realizes he's late for his date. And Steve asks, who's this with? And Brandon says, you know, I already told you one secret today. Uh, Jim gets home early and says he agreed to work on the plane because of it. Uh, Cindy has a terrible hat on uh, during, during the scene. I don't really understand. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Uh, Cindy then takes a call from Nat. Nat tells her he has a private event and he needs help. Uh, he needs help and he can't find Brandon. So Brenda agrees to do it reluctantly. Um, help, she'll help out Nat at this special private event that just came up. So a, a lot going on here. Uh, I was surprised we didn't see the surfing. We just we cut to him napping. I guess it's mm-hmm. I guess we just assume they did the surfing part. Because Steve even says you've been napping all day. What are you doing? Um, so I don't know. That that was kind of weird. And then I don't know what's up with Cindy's hat. That's that's another odd thing here. What what do you think, Scott, of all this? Yeah, the hat's uh, rough. <laughs> we love Cindy, but the hat's the hat's a bit rough. I I, I can I concur on that one, Tim. Cindy, bless her heart, has a couple of uh, rough outfits this episode Mm -hmm. that uh, we'll get to later. (laughs) Um, Brandon falling asleep on the beach. I I mean, it's it is sort of weird that we do that and do one of our classic dream sequences. Take a shot. Right. Uh, Rather than seeing the surfing. But um, I don't know. I, I think what I was most struck by here is that that Brandon's been out on the beach all day. In, in the hot sun, in the surf, and, like, he's not even going to go home and freshen up before this. Right, you know, right. Encounter. Or maybe like, he is. Little, maybe he just means I need, I'm running out of time to get ready. Yeah, so. hopefully. Hopefully that's just another scene that happens, but we, we don't see. Um, so, yeah, you want to be fresh for, for uh, I mean, it's, I mean, that's a courtesy to Andre more so than anything. Come on. So, but yeah, Nat is going to throw a real wrinkle into this by having a rare private event uh, during the the Peach Pits off hours. So, anyway, let's see where all this goes. Meanwhile, Cindy is just getting stuck with all the packing. It doesn't seem like anyone else is <laughs> is helping a bit. Uh, but well, they're uh, busy know, on sex capades, Tim. Yeah, they got bigger fish to fry. Yes, I, I would assume there's movers coming too. Like as part of the company deal, I would be shocked if all yeah. this is happening. They were getting a free moving company. So, hmm. uh, Brandon meets Andre at the pit, and they're kind of awkward outside. They're outside the front door. Brandon says maybe the pit's not the right place. He wants Andre to be sure, and she still seems shaky too. Uh, and they start making out outside, and they head inside. They open the door, and it's a big surprise going away party for Brandon, uh, Brandon, and Brenda. Andrea says she didn't know uh, when Brandon's kind of like, was this all a ruse? <laughs> like this whole plan? And she says no. Uh, when she asked Kelly for advice on the sex, she changed their plans to this party, which I thought was kind of a shit move by Kelly. Like, I get I it. Too. Uh-huh. I, but I'm like, this is like such a big moment for Andrea. She's like, oh, you're going to go bang at the peach pit? Great idea. I'm going to have the party there instead. You're just going to do that. <laughs> I mean, what a cock block, right? Yeah. Unless she assumed they could just do it after. But it's like... Yeah, it seems a little, a little rough. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I also like the idea of Andrea going to her, though, for advice, which it's kind of funny. I do, too. And it's it, it's sort of fitting for early early in the show, Kelly, to sort of potentially sabotage Andrea's plan, but in a, like, nice, under the pretenses of doing something nice for them. Like, I because we never do get a read on 
what were Kelly's intentions really? Like they leave it pretty open-ended as far as, eh, you know, it's just, it, it started out as one thing turned into another. Everybody was happy, but I mean, with Kelly, we already, again, we, we had a real, um, a real sincere exchange between the two of them once again in that uh, right. spring and dance. Now she knows is coming to her. So yeah, is it we a, know is where it a, they stand. Yep, yep. So not a mystery to us. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. So we go inside. Party's going on. Uh, Brenda shows up. And she's excited. Kelly says, this is what we've been doing all week. We haven't been ignoring you. We've been planning this giant party. Again, I don't know if the timeline really lines up. Uh, if Kelly and Donna's been planning this all week, I don't think Andre and Brandon, well, I guess they did say Sunday. So I guess it was, could have been the week. Uh, we got David's got the video camera. He's interviewing everyone. We get some sweet goodbyes. Donna fires up the music, the Walshes, uh, Jim and Cindy all watch everyone say their kind messages. Jim's kind of soaking it all in. He realizes the impact his kids have had on all these people, especially Andrea. Thanks them all for helping others like her. Uh, really well done stuff by everyone. I thought, I thought there was some good acting here by everyone across the board. Dylan gives his goodbye to Brandon. He says, I'm not one for cameras. So he goes and does it directly. Thanks him for all he did. He says Brenda saved him from drinking and saved him from himself and says he'll be lost without the Walshes. They're the only family he's ever had. Just an epic promo from Dylan. This is tremendous stuff from him. Uh, Jim steps up and he thanks everyone for welcoming them to their world and says it's hard to say goodbye. Home is where the heart is and not the highest paycheck. So that said, he's giving up the job and the Walshes are staying in Beverly Hills. And everyone is pumped on that news. Uh, Andre and Brandon then talk about whether or not they should remain friends or make this move. Andre says Brandon will never know if she would have went through with it. And Brandon tells her, you know what? You're a great kisser. So we kind of parked that as a little bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, to next season. We'll see if Andre and Brandon take the take the step. Jim tells Cindy he just thought about it right now. He doesn't care about Henry. Uh, he just wants to dance. And I think what it came down to more than his kids being pissed, I think he realized his life was going to be fucking miserable just working all the time uh, in this job. And and he, he was living a good life in California, making good money, had some free time, beautiful weather. And I think he realized, you know what? It's probably not worth it. Uh, but then we get one last... Uh, one last cliffhanger here, which I completely forgot about. Uh, and, you know, see, like you said earlier, Tim, season two, right, is about six weeks away. So we don't have to leave too long. But they do a nice job for this giant audience hooking them in. Because Brenda, as we're zooming out, tells Dylan, I'm late. So <laughs> I thought this was a great twist and cliffhanger after a very emotional close. Uh, I thought this was a great episode. It could have been an obvious story, but they laid out just enough questions to make you really think about it. Like, you know, could the Walshers move? Will the show yeah. split? Will we see them in Minneapolis and what's, you know, Beverly Hills and Beverly Hills? Like, will Jim just move back? There was a ton of, like, just enough questions in there to make it believable enough to at least make it entertaining. So, uh, this is a really good episode, Tim. I thought the ending was well done. I thought the everything was sincere and heartfelt at the end. All the messages, nothing felt heavy-handed. It all connected and resonated. Uh, and then I, I liked the cliffhanger with Brenda. Did you did you enjoy that? I thought that cliffhanger was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Because uh, they can't know going into this that they're that they're going to have the the huge audience that they do for this first season. I mean, I imagine they they kind of you know had 
enough evidence that they were picking up steam to think, you know, we should really go out on a high note, but it's really brilliant to include that cliffhanger because, Hey, Mm -hmm. if, if we do get, if we do get a a pretty decent rating for this, let's at least try to bring them back. And uh, so that was the smartest thing they could have done right there. Um, Just pivoting right onto another storyline completely because I mean, that comes out of nowhere. Who saw that coming? But um, you know, makes a lot of sense for, what we've seen of Dylan and Brenda and, and sort of their anxieties throughout this relationship, especially over sex. Uh, so that's great. Uh, all the Walsh testimonials by, by the extended cast are awesome. I mean, this should come off as corny, but it's, it's actually really effective, especially mm-hmm. again, the, the huge promo that, that Dylan cuts um, and the, the frequent cutaways that we get, to Jim and Cindy just kind of standing in the corner and like Jim is getting teary eyed. And yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's not a look we've seen from him. Uh, I don't think at any point in this season, in this show to date. So he turns out to be a big old sap, right? Um, he's already feeling kind of miserable because uh, as you said, Justin, trying to get settled in back in Minnesota, not going well. Um, he's realizing that, He's maybe been sold a bill of goods. Yeah, his salary's been doubled, but what's the company getting out of it? Basically, the work of three executives from one person, as he put it. Um, so you can tell maybe there's maybe there could be some political machinations here to this whole uh, promotion for Jim, where he's just getting stuck with a bunch of shit that nobody else wanted to do, or that because they've you know had some pretty extensive layoffs, which was established earlier in the episode. Um, it, it's just made his, his professional life completely miserable. Uh, so he's had to bring a bunch of work home. He's hating it. He's going to this party. He thinks it's just probably a formality, just a, a casual send off. And it's like this huge outpouring of emotion by all their, their new friends here in, in, uh, Beverly Hills. So yeah, this was all really, really well done. Um, and I, I, you know, it's, it's going to be no surprise probably what, best scene of the episode here is but uh awesome awesome finale to a uh surprisingly uh effective and affecting first season here scott is it going to be three for three uh i do love the final scene however uh i am going to say and and this is definitely a a a uh a 180 from you guys. I am not a fan. I was not a fan of the of the uh, late period cliffhanger. Mm, um, okay. I, I did not like it for one reason. I feel like we are in season one, and and little and you know when they were making the show, when they were shooting the se- the first season, they didn't know whether they were going to get the audience or the support that they would end up getting from people like the three of us. And I feel like. I think we all kind of knew like it's season two and Brenda's going to have a kid. Really? So, so the point is, is it really a cliffhanger? Really? Well, like I do think so because like we haven't, one thing we haven't really delved into on the show is abortion. Right. So like it could be, like Brenda's pregnant and has to decide if she's going to keep the baby or give it up. Right. I mean, they could have done something like that. I don't think it's they, super out of the they, realm. They could have, but I feel like, I feel like regardless, 
it was more about I, unless we go by this, maybe I'll go by another angle. Maybe it was more about how this probable near scare affects the two of them. Because now they're the happy ones that, oh, my God, you're staying, Brenda, right, right. we're going to be together. And then, you know, Brenda dumps this while I'm late. Oh, and then Dylan has this, oh, fuck, go back to Minnesota. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> get the plane, honey. No. Um, so I just feel like it was very, that was very heavy handed, that kind of, I feel like they should have just ended the, the episode. We're all happy. And again, like I said at the beginning, I almost feel like this was kayfabe. But it was a work shoot like, oh, we know you love this show, so we're sticking around. And so I almost feel it's like a work shoot. Like, um, yeah, in storyline, the Walshes are staying. But in real life, this show is staying. And 15 million viewers proves that. But I just feel like they, they could have come up with a slightly better cliffhanger if they needed one at all than um, – I might be pregnant. If this was the end of season two, I could totally go for it because now we have another season to actually invest yeah, in. The I think they were just trying to keep people like, I mean, even if they didn't know this rating was gonna be big, the last rating was, I, and they knew they're coming back in six weeks. I think they wanted to just do something, you know, to leave it hanging, to get you to come back in July. Right. So I get why they thought they had to, I, I don't mm. mind it. I, I, if, and, and, if your your point's fine, like I think, if anything, it's how are they gonna react, right? Like, right, is Dylan a dick and it fractures them, right? And then you then she's not pregnant. So I I think it's it's there to see like as a test of their yeah um, strength. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as for and- Andrea and Brandon, I think people at the end, I, I have a feeling that we all know that nothing is gonna come of this. Like they. They know deep down they have such as, – as much as Andrea may have special feelings for Brandon, I feel like deep down everyone knows that they're just so respectful of each other and that they're going to end up being confidants for the next two years at West Bev that, that you're not – they're not going to do it. They're not going to mm-hmm. do it. And, and that's fine. I don't think we want them to. Uh, I think we all kind of followed Andrea along this awkward journey in this episode. You're like, all right, we're okay. We're good. Keep them friends. That's fine. And uh, yeah, so – no, I thought the I thought the end scene was awesome. Uh, made me feel better knowing that that we are that this show is not going to be a one trick pony. But I just thought that the that the cliffhanger was a little heavy handed, depending on how you look at it. You know, if you're looking at it like in black guess, and white, like, like she's yeah. she's definitely is she going to have a kid? Well, of course she's not going to have a kid. Or is she going to? Well, yeah, have a kid? but by season two, thing, do like, you care if she has a kid? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's, it's, are you? It's invested? definitely abrupt. I mean, it it is it is an abrupt sort of. Where'd that come from? Sort of line. Uh, and I think there's probably not a lot of doubt as to whether or not, you know, this is this lead character, 17 year old girl going to become a teenage mother in the second season of the show. Um, I, I think people are thinking, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But a, is she really pregnant? And B, if she is like, are we, as JT said, going to get into like, are we doing an abortion episode or, you know, she, right. Are we going to deal with miscarriage or stuff like that? And I mean, it definitely creates a lot of storytelling possibilities that sure, sure. doesn't require her to actually, you know, have a baby. Um, True. And it's really True. just about, like you said, Scott, how how does this impact their relationship? Because we're going to get hot and heavy with relationships and relationship drama into that second season. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 
But if you were to like maybe rebook this this ending and want uh, another hook or something stronger or just different, um, that isn't you know it, the implausible question of whether you know Brenda's pregnant. Like maybe they do a a private a little private cutaway scene with with Brandon and Andrea that leaves the question open: Did they do it? Um, which is something they they will do with different characters in later seasons. And, you know, it just kind of depends on how interested the writers are in fil- following up on, on that thread. Um, right. Right. But I, I could see it going that direction too. If again, you're going to look at another, another angle on how to end this and keep that, you know, 15 million viewership, hopefully <laughs> right. throughout the next six weeks here. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to our awards here as we wrap up the season. Last time for season one. Uh, best yeah. scene. This is where I originally had Andrea giving her proposal to Brandon, uh, but I changed it at the end to the party. Um, the, all those uh, video messages really won me over, and uh, I thought that was the best part of the episode. Same. Easily. Yeah, it took a lot to have a good scene to match the, Brent, the, the, the Andrea scene on the carousel, but the ending was pretty great. All right, most important scene is uh, I had the Walsher staying in Beverly Hills. Obviously, <laughs> pretty uh, pretty important yeah. to the the show. Yeah, pr- I agree. Yes, hard to uh, hard to go against that green. Most nineties look. I went with uh, Steve's opponent's uh, cut off yellow and blue striped shirt. It was like a kind of like a polo, but it was cut off and had thick stripes. Mm. Uh, I had a couple couple honorable mentions for these first. Uh, the elder Walsh's I, you know, Scott mentioned earlier, uh, Jim's very, very nineties, uh, suit with the suspenders. Mm-hmm. I also took a uh, special note of his multicolored tie, which I thought was tremendous. Yes. Um, yep. you know, looking great. Uh, Cindy uh, earlier in this episode was wearing what appeared to be a plastic tablecloth, <laughs> um, <laughs> just with these weird square patterns. And it just, I don't know. It, it looked like, the cover of a cookbook or something just it again not not a real fashion forward episode for poor cindy here uh, but i think i'm going to give it to brandon on the beach with steve wearing his uh brandon is wearing this yellow shirt with purple shorts um it's just kind of a, a real clash of, of very loud colors but uh sort of screams 1991 to me like if you had said those were like uh, you remember hyper color, the stuff that changed color and in, in, in the uh, mm-hmm. in the heat and temperature yep. changes. It sort of looks yeah. somewhat like a, a hyper color huh. outfit. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jim suit and the whole like executive dining room scene. Like mm. it's such like a I mean, you could you could argue that goes back to like the 50s. But that just whole that just really it's very funny. Just like. The ex- it's like the executive washroom of the executive uh, lunchroom. Mm. It's like it's kind of ridiculous. All right, most '90s moment. I went with the uh, the fight on school property, just being like allowed, oh, yeah. <laughs> not like right, being a right. major issue. It's just everyone's gathered around watching. They fight and then they just end uh, with no repercussion. So I thought that was a very '90s thing because today that'd be a massive deal. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's a good pick. That was one I didn't even really consider this a schoolyard fight with just no adult intervention at all everybody 
goes about their business. Um, I put down the the camcorder testimonials at the end, just a very '90s thing. If if uh, if you're gonna have home movies or anything like that, you know, you've always got the guy with the camcorder, right? I I gotta go with the fight as well. I mean, how do they let that go on? I mean, are there any teachers around? Where's Mrs. What's her face? Like, where the fuck is everybody? Seriously, no, nobody, nobody. Had to have Brandon fucking save the day again. No adults. He's like the adult of the group. Kind of ridiculous. All right. Uh, Best lesson learned. I went with Jim here. Don't be solemn giving good news. Like, sell it a little bit. What are you What are you all shell shocked for? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just took down. I mean, Jim said it himself at the end of the episode. Home is where the heart is. And that pretty much says it in a nutshell, their decision to stay. All right. Best hookup, Brandon and Andrea was my choice. Mm hmm. Easily. Mm hmm. Even All right. Kind of happened and kind of didn't. Yeah. But, yeah. So hot. Right. Pretty right. Close. Pretty close. Best quotes I had, uh, Brandon, he's so fucking straight. These are not the best of economic times, he says at one point. Yes. Uh, and then the, the Captain Hook line was great with Steve's response and Brandon's. I hope you're being careful to Brenda. <laughs> um, I had a few as well. Also, Brandon, yes, he is so fucking straight. Telling Jim, get the job done, big guy. <laughs> he announces <laughs> the promotion. Uh, already mentioned Andres. They do it on the counter. Um, Kelly re- reflecting on how she has changed over the course of her, uh, friendship with Brenda. I've even become less of a bitch since I started a- hanging out with you. Huh. Uh, Andrea. Uh, okay. This was part of Andrea's, um, testimonial. I had a couple of, couple of those in here just, just cause I think they're worth shouting out, um, in our quotes. She's talking about, uh, Brandon here at the end. He liked me. So I thought maybe the others would too. Just a real simple statement of who that character is and and how she's grown. Um, And then finally, Dylan's uh, immortal promo. Um, This this is going to be my pick for, you know, the best quote of the episode. It's kind of a mouthful, but bear with me. He says, you invited me into your family. And what do I do? I took out your sister, Brenda, who saved me from going back to drinking. She saved me from myself. I don't know what I'm going to do without you guys. At the risk of sounding mushy, you Walsh people are the only family I got. Intense. You Walsh people, indeed. Yes. I concur. All right. Final grade. Uh, like I said, this is a great episode. It's a little below our top ones of the season. Like I had Spring Dance at nine. But this was not far off. I thought it was really well done. I think it was one of the best acted episodes, honestly, by the majority of the cast as well. It was that's simple, easy yeah, to follow, not convoluted. I went eight and a half out of ten. I I'm a, I'm right there with you. Yeah, eight and a half. Not as strong as as Spring Dance, but um, not a notable drop off by any means. I like eight and a half. I think that's solid. I think uh, we see kind of Brandon's like naive. He's more naive than you think he is because he's mm-hmm. not figuring out any of Andrea's uh, Andrea's cues. Um, again, I think it's a it's a, uh, a a kayfabe example of the show on the network. I mean, you know, 
this was a big season. You know, it's a big show for the for for Fox. They didn't have really a, a good drama, not counting Twenty One Jump Street. So this was a big season, a big episode to kind of let everyone know that hey, thank you for your support, and see we have a season two coming. And uh, I, I I liked the symbolism of the Walsh's staying in Beverly Hills, which is like the show staying on the air. Um, and I, I like that they focused on a very small group of characters and didn't really get into anybody else. Like David's just mm-hmm. kind of noise at the moment. We didn't really need mm-hmm. to get into him that quick because he ain't going anywhere. Um, and uh, I like the dichotomy of Dylan and Brenda because they're two totally different people. So I kind of I really got latched onto them. And I've, Brenda's always been a favorite of mine and, and she'll stay probably throughout the next three seasons she's on. Um, so I just like the fact that it was almost a love letter to the fans for the end of the season that everything's going well. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the support. And a season two is coming. So I think eight and a half is a good grade because I definitely like uh, there's some earlier episodes that are much better, but, but this was a good, a fitting ending to this season. All right. Uh, songs. We only had two listed here on our uh, list is Deep Down by Debbie Gibson when they were making the videos. And then the very end, uh, Yacht Rock legend Kenny Loggins with Celebrate Me Home uh, played there as they decide to stay. So that's that. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to our buddy Brian Meyer, who uh, left some feedback, says he actually felt like we slighted the historical nature of Spring Dance. He said it gets referenced quite a bit going forward between the Steve adoption angle and what happened with Brandon and Kelly at the dance and said there's some subtle stuff with Donna and David. So shout out to him and also to John Casalica, former guest here. Uh, Give you credit, Tim, for remembering the Goo Goo Dolls performing three songs at Steve's birthday party. Um, So big deal there. Way down the line. Yeah, way down the line. Gosh, as, as effusive as I felt like we were that spring spring dance. It's interesting to hear we if anything, we sold it short. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, big, big episode. Definitely uh, not, not one on definitely not one on Hulu. <laughs> I'm sure Hulu is not airing any, the Google Dolls episode, which is why most of the episodes true. on Hulu are not there. So that's a bummer because it's a good episode. True. So we um, what do we have left, JT? Uh, rankings. Uh, for this episode, which are going to be kind of yep. tough. I don't know about you, but um, well, we have, have a few other this? trackers, too. We'll do real quick. Um, yeah. Characters, the characters uh, debuting in this one. We had brawling Rob Cordray, uh, Dan, oh, the yes. Henry Powell and Steve, the accountant uh, relationships. I added Brandon and Andrea and places and offices. Uh, things <laughs> offices. Uh, I had Jim's office, which was the first time we saw that. Mm. Uh, all right, so we get to rank the characters of this episode and then the overall. And then, like we said, starting next episode, Tim, uh, we'll be doing uh, three of these. We'll do the episode, a fresh batch for season two, but then still also do our all-time list as well. Yeah, so a lot, a lot, of a lot to get into. Yeah, a lot of business starting, starting with season two. All right, well, let's start at the bottom. Uh, we, right. we got Jackie, we know. She, uh, of course, was not on the episode. Poor thing. At a zero. No Scott. No, no Scott, Scott. Also zero. That's an easy zero. <laughs> I, I guess mean, Donna's barely in it. I was going to say Donna or Nat. I guess Nat does a little more than her. Yeah. Nat, I mean, has some lines and he sort of provides the um, reason for the get together at the end. So I guess that's fairly important. 
Do so you want to go John um, and Nat and then David for doing the video? Video work? That sounds that sounds right in my head. I could see putting Nat over David, but I'm pretty indifferent about it. Yeah, I mean, you don't really see David until literally right. the end. Yeah, we can last scene. Yeah. All right, give Nat the shot. Nat. Okay. All right, now it gets tough. Uh, <laughs> I guess Kelly next, right? She's kind of got the least going on until the end here. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, she's the there, but. Big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. She's not as big as the next batch. Um, I think I'm going Cindy next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that works. Because now the rest, are me, here. And the rest are giving me Ajita's. So we got Brandon, Brenda, Dylan, Andrea, Steve left, I believe. Um, and they all had great episodes. Yeah. And Jim. Did I say Jim? Yeah. Jim, uh, Jim, Brandon, Brenda, Dylan, Jim, Steve, Andrea. All were great in this episode. God, yeah. I kind of want to do Steve next. Just because I think he's got the least of those mm-hmm. names that you, yep. that many names there. Um, so I then feel Dylan? like that. Um, I feel like him and Steve are on the same yeah. level in this. Like they're not yeah. in a ton, it, but they both have poignant mm-hmm. moments. Right. Uh, Dylan gets the great promo, of course. Um, but def- yeah, put him above Steve. Um, so what do we got left? Br- Jim, uh, Brandon, Brenda, and Andre. And the twins. Oh, Andre. I think Brenda's my fourth. Okay. Then we do Andrea. No. I'm yeah. I'm I'm debating giving Andrea the top slot. Really? Yeah, if I my thought she was matters, the best I person agree. in this episode. I'm yeah. not going to fight that because I, I mean, how, how many times she's was, not going to get many? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to fight that. <laughs> yeah. I thought she won't. was great. I thought she carried. This I episode. did too. Yeah. I mean, she'd already be very high on mine um, right. independently. So yeah, let's do it. All right. So the question is, do you want to have um, Brandon or Jim? What's the order there for those two? Scott, what do you think? Oh, I'd have to put Jim second. I mean, he's pretty much the linchpin of the episode. Right. Brandon's kind of a dick. I think he needs to be kind of punished a little bit. <laughs> I would put Jim. At, I'd put Jim at two. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling that, too. I mean, he's the linchpin of the episode. His decision it affects everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And you see his office for the first time. Yeah, I'm OK with that. I mean, I think Brandon was good in this one, but I I think. Yeah, I think Jim and Andre really stood It's a out. big Jim one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and so Brenda settles in right over Dylan. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know. What, I guess that's okay. Like, I could see a world where Dylan and Steve are above her on this one. I, I didn't think, she, like, I don't know, maybe under, underrepresenting what she did, but. I'm fine with it. I really, I think we surprised ourselves, but. Kind of in a good way. So leave it. You leave Brenda above Dylan and Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess because it gets sense. him closer to Andrea. I mean, Andrea. Let's face it. Andrea is not going to have that number one if not for the Brandon element. Right. So. Right. That's true. 
it's not maybe not the strongest showing for him, but he's he's very critical support to Andrea, which is something we would not find ourselves saying very often. All right, we are uh, done here. So let's get through our final character rankings for the end of season one. This is where we end. And I think it's a fitting uh, piece of interesting business at top. So in last place for season one, not a surprise, we have Jackie Taylor with 13 points, uh, only in one episode. Scott yeah. Scanlon with, uh, I'm sorry, Nat is next. Nat Basuccio with 50. Scott Scanlon comes in with 64. That's kind of that's our bottom tier. Then we have mm-hmm. Donna Martin at 81. She's kind of in her own little group. David Silver with 127. Uh, Andrea bumps up to 143, so she pulls away from David a bit here. They were they were a little close. Uh, Jim Walsh in the next uh, tier, but on, on, Andrea's catching him a little bit. He's at 158. Dylan right above him at 160. So Dylan finishes the season in sixth place. Uh, he he missed a lot of episodes, which really hurt him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that that, that hurt him. Uh, I'm assuming he'll be top three going forward, mostly. So, yeah. uh, Cindy comes in at 167, so she's in our top five, just above Dylan, and right above her is Kelly at 169. So, um, that's our top uh, brings us to our top three. Steve Sanders. I don't know if this is a surprise to you guys at all for season one, but he's at 181 in our third place. So kind of the top of the rest outside of the twins i don't know if that's what we would have expected but there he is yeah. and then finishing tied at 243 points are you kidding brandon me? and brandon. nope nope <laughs> so that's why i asked you want to switch brenda with dylan to see because it would have given brandon uh, but i think it's fitting that's they so fitting tied. it's they so should fitting. be tied they should be tied yeah. couldn't have planned it that way i mean jeez it's about both that. of them this season's about them so and much. that's uh, the story of their lives, right? How they're just 50-50 and everything. Yep. Yeah. Brandon and Brendan's life is 50-50 booking. <laughs> <laughs> Wins and losses. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fitting. I think it's pretty cool. I love um, it. For sure. So that'll be, uh, we'll, again, we'll continue this all-time list, no doubt. So this these aren't final, but for season one, this is uh, memorialized. This is all we the, have. Yeah, this yeah, is all we we'll have. Moving on to, to season two from here. Uh, and see how things go. All right, so that'll do it. Amazingly enough, Tim, season one is in the books. Congratulations to you, my friend. Uh, we have made it through this. Hopefully, uh, everyone enjoyed this episode. We thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you know other fans of the show and you want to share it, we'd love it if you did that. You can uh, just pass along the new site, bh9021noso.podbean.com. Again, this is the last episode airing on the North-South Connection, but we implore you to subscribe to both. Check out everything we have to offer on the North-South Connection as well, as well as Place to be Nation Wrestling, Place to be Nation Pop Experience. Uh, all great feeds. You know, Scott and Tim and I are involved in all of those. So appreciate all the loyalty. Scott, thank you for being back. We'll talk to you at the end of Season 2. Yes. Uh, if not before then, appreciate that. And uh, until then, we'll dim sum, we'll dim sum, and we'll take care.